Tutu Connors is with us live in the studio. Yeah. You're not ashamed to, to sing the blues, are you, Tutu? No, I'm not ashamed to sing the blues. You're not ashamed at all about singing No, the I'm not ashamed to sing the blues, no. I can I'm tell not, you're not, not ashamed, ashamed about that. singing the blues, no. Where, where does your feeling for the blues come from, do you think? From where I grew up, man. Was it a tough place? I grew up on the south side. Chicago. Ellensburg. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for Peculiar Podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it. It's love and time. Well, this is old school. I mean, this is old, old school. Cookie, cookie, lend me a comb. Cookie, cookie. Well, now, let's take it from the top, grab some wheels. But uh, we never got to talk about it on our previous podcast because, first of all, it's been a spell. And secondly, uh, I was able to find this uh, song, so I'm playing it. It was. It's hard to believe when you hear it now that it was even any kind of hit, but it was back in the olden days for a guy named Ed Burns. Who took the name of, uh, the nickname of Kooky. He combed his hair a lot, he jive talked, and he was on a hit TV series back in the olden days from 1958 to 1964 called 77 Sunset Strip. And I guess I would compare him to like the Fonz on Happy Days. He was mm-hmm. sort of, he became sort of a breakout character. Uh, he was a reasonably good looking guy and chicks dug him and uh, <laughs> that's the way he would have talked anyway. Chicks dig me, man. Yeah. And uh, and he became a big deal and his name was Kooky. And he, so, you know, back in the in the day, if you had any kind of notoriety at all, then it was immediately incumbent on somebody to get you into the recording studio to, re- to do a song. And this was his. Kooky, kooky, yeah. lend me your comb. Super catchy. Yeah. <laughs> Baby, you're the ginchiest. Nothing more to be said about that. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, Swell. We're recording on... Uh, Oscar Sunday, so the Oscars will be uh, over and done by the time we get this podcast episode yeah, dropped. But yeah. yeah, this is always a big day in my house. This is my Super Bowl Sunday. Although, so the Super Bowl was last week or a couple, I don't know, when was it? I don't know when it was. I didn't watch it. But I was really mad because they have like pre-pre-Super Bowl, pre-this, starting on a Friday night. It's like, really? So, yeah, all this pre-Super Bowl stuff going on. And they don't do it for the Oscars. There's well, I nothing, think you're... I think there's you're, nothing for the Oscars. Stop. Just let me just say. Who cares? Oh, stop it. I care. But why do you care? Let me let me uh, break this down a little bit. Why do you care about these movie awards in, in this, in this turbulent world we're living in? What, how important question. is that? It's a great question, and I, I asked. I'm expecting I asked a great my, answer. 
I don't know because I've asked myself that same question. And and I don't know if it has to do with uh, the fact that it's live. So anything could happen. They could say anything. Not really live. And, and David Niven, uh, one of my favorite Oscar moments when the, uh, the uh, streaker – we don't have streakers anymore. Whatever happened to streakers? I don't know. I'm thinking People of bringing it just... back. <laughs> now, to divulge the contents of this year's most important envelope is a very important contributor to world entertainment and someone quite likely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that, um, that was almost bound to happen. <laughs> but isn't it fascinating that? Fascinating to think that, that probably the only laugh that man will ever get in his life is by stripping off and showing his shortcomings. I would love it if you brought that back. What, what, that is, was like a, what was the I don't streaking know. deal? It was kind of. I don't know. I kind of liked was, it in a way. It was yeah, just, just take your flaunt, pants off and run through the street. It was, flout, it was flouting convention and. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was just so. It yeah. was just so audacious, I guess. That, that so people, women, to start clutching their pearls. Oh right. my! I can't believe it. <laughs> I so hope he shocked. Just, just moments like that. I don't know. I just, I just have always thought that they were just exciting. And and I guess the other part is that my mom and I was sort of our our little thing to watch the Oscars. We'd go because we'd love to go to the movies together. So we would always on Oscar Sunday yeah. dress up uh, in our jewels with just sweatpants or, or pajamas. And I miss that little, um, I miss that with her very yeah. much. You know, I lost my mom when I was 29 and, and, but now my neighbor and her daughter, we, we started that tradition together. So they'll be coming over today pajamas and wearing our you know our jewels and we have our ballots and uh although i have to say there's no host again this year and that kind of bugs me it's like eh, well i don't know is it gonna be that much fun half the fun was the host and how they they interacted and riffed off of what was happening on the stage billy crystal of course best host ever so yeah, i just I don't read know. A, just read an article uh about uh, David Letterman, the, the he the singular oh, year God. that he hosted. Oh, now look God. what you're look what you're saying right there. Oh, he was awful. He really wasn't. the The point of the article was, but at least by the writer himself, uh, was that he's looked back at that entire broadcast and he said it was pretty good. He was actually mm-hmm. pretty good. The reason you think and most people think it was a disaster mm-hmm. is because of Letterman himself. He used that. Uh, that as a punchline for his show for almost a year. He would keep referring yeah. to, oh, man, I really <laughs> screwed that. And he'd use it as a joke oh, about himself to the point that that became then the perceived reality of it. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the 67th Annual Academy Awards. I won't lie to you. I'm very, very excited. And I've been dying to do something all day. And I think maybe we can take care of this. Oprah? (laughs) Uma? Uma? Oprah? I feel much better. 
Have you kids met Keanu? <laughs> First of all, he said, I really didn't want to do it. But my show, I just started my CBS show. Uh, we, we were beating Leno. I was on, you know, I was on top of the world. Everything was going great. He would have been the perfect person to be the host of the Oscars because yeah. he was red hot. And, yeah. But they were insecure. And he's funny. He's very funny. He's clever and he's <clears throat> smart. Yeah. Yeah. He's also a Hollywood outsider in a way. Right. So I think, uh, <laughs> you know, Hollywood, take those people take themselves so seriously. Uh, that, uh, you know, poking fun of them like Ricky Gervais does at the Golden Globes. Uh, yeah. It doesn't sit well with the people and their high art that they're creating, I think. That's part yeah. of it. But uh, Some of them some of them get are in on the joke and get it, but you're right. There's some of them that, are, that aren't. But uh, well, I just remember his Uma Oprah thing. That just was the weirdest thing ever. And see, I, I that, don't to understand. me, that to me, that, that my sense of humor is I think that's funny because oh, in I one thought it was so stupid. In, in one little in one little moment like that, he um, he kind of pokes a, a needle into the balloon of pomposity that is Hollywood. Yeah, I suppose you're right. But when it didn't get the biggest laugh as he thought, he moved on. From there, yeah. even though when you hear it back now, the laugh is plenty big enough. It it yeah. really is his perception of it, his insecurity about, and, and his certainty that he was not the right guy to be doing that show, and it was sort of a self fulfilling prophecy. That I should go with. back and watch that. I wish that you. That I don't know if you can. I I would go back and watch. That's how much I like the Oscars. I would go back and watch them, hmm. like. Would you ever go back and watch a Super Bowl? No, I don't think so. I, I mean, even not though, even when the Seahawks won. I ran out and I bought a commemorative DVD of the Super Bowl that the Seahawks won. It's yeah. just, it's just sat unwrapped on my shelf. Once, oh. <laughs> once something's over, uh, you can't really uh, relive the glory of it, the the excitement. Well, of it. you're right. You know that they won, but see, I don't know who won Best Actor in 1982. Um, I don't know. Howie Mandel. Um, I, I'm thinking that was the year the Terms of Endearment came out, and it was probably Jack Nicholson or Shirley MacLaine and all those. I don't know, but I'd love to go back and watch it. Mandel. The one from 1979. I don't know. I was I watching some. I was watching some feature on uh, Tatum O'Neill today yes that i saw that this morning too yeah and so and awesome so they showed her winning it and she was like a nine-year-old kid when she wins this best actress mm-hmm. oscar first first moon. movie she was ever in and she admits i didn't have any idea whether it was a big deal or not i'm a kid i don't know mm-hmm. and um but i noticed they showed an old clip from was it 1974 or something like that i think and from the uh, film maybe it wasn't that long ago or the Oscars uh, of the which, Oscars, and they have yeah. the, you know the little they have the panel of all five of the nominees <laughs> yeah. there, and and yeah. I and I said who are those other people? And there's another <laughs> kid on there. There were two kids that were up for the best actress award. I thought that was oh very really, nice. and I couldn't recognize who the other one was. So I got online, looked it up. It was Linda Blair from the, oh, the, the Exorcist. Exorcist. Yes. Yeah. Your mother sit here with his cash. Would you like to leave a message? I see that she gets it. If that's true, then you must know my mother's maiden name. What is it? 
What is it? Green pea soup. I don't think yeah. that, I doubt that's ever happened before. Two two people under the age of I don't know whatever thirteen or whatever. Yeah, I think she and Linda Blair was thirteen. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So anyway, interesting. Uh, yeah. So that's that's not happened yet as we record this, but it is. Yeah. And I, what I was going to say is, you're lamenting the fact that the Super Bowl seems to start their hype immediately. But as mm-hmm. we're recording this mm-hmm. on Oscar morning. Uh, about 10 in the morning, I'm looking, and, and ABC that's going to carry the Oscars, <gasps> they've already got a show on right now. What? Okay, i got to go, Pat. There's, I'll see you later, buddy. Stupid Oscars countdown. Oh, and people are wearing people are wearing fancy clothes, and it's 10 in the morning, Yay! for God's sake. Yay! <clears throat> Can we do this later? My God. Oh. You have to be helped. You really do. <laughs> you have to you, be helped. You stay Don't right, you dare you tell stay, me. You stay right there. We're going to send some people over. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll help you. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's, okay, let's hurry this up so I can go st- do the thing. Well, it's inevitably so let's, disappointing anyway. I don't know what you're so excited about. Why? They'll be... You, I thought uh, Ricky Gervais put it beautifully. I don't... I'm paraphrasing, of course, but he basically... For the Golden Globes. Yeah, it basically put people down for, you know, being so outspoken about politics and social issues and all of that. And he said, if ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? So if you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So if you win, right... Come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your God, and So, it's already three hours long. And yeah. I kind of agree. Just pick, get your stupid piece of hardware and get <laughs> off the stage. And just be happy that somebody's going to pay money to, to, you know, support your mansion. <laughs> Gee, that just seems... Does that seem bitter? I'd- it kind of does. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, you know, I mean, yeah, I guess you're if right. somebody paid you a buttload of money to do something, I wouldn't tell you you don't have a right to an opinion. Just because you have a buttload of money doesn't mean you don't have a right to an opinion. Yeah, go, and... ha- go have your opinion somewhere else. Don't use uh, it, uh, that platform to do it because, uh, you know, that's, hey, not, that's not what it's time. all about. It's your time. It's you can my say time too, and I don't want. want to listen to it. Get on with it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Get on with oh. it. I want to know who won the technical awards. I don't care about who wins best actor or actress. I want to know really? who did the best sound. Yeah, yeah. I want to know. The, I, I'm f- always thrilled when I find out who wins for best costumes. I mean, that yeah. is just a thrill beyond compare. Oh, are you being a jackass right now? Or are you being serious? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> What do you mean you hope so? Well, the reason I like some of those awards better is because those are real people. They're, okay, so they're you're being working, serious now. I sometimes can't tell with technical you. people that, yeah, you know, I hear they you. Don't, I they like don't go that home too. to a mansion. They go home to their apartment. That's a nice I like apartment. That too. Yeah. Hey, did you, um, you texted me the other day and asked <clears throat> if I'd seen the movie Parasite. And then, yeah. And then I said, yeah, and it was fine, but I won't watch it again. And then you never told me what you thought about it. 
Oh, it was it was it was creatively different. I liked it. Yeah, uh, I agree. It, I, I yeah, I don't think it's like I'm gonna watch it like I watch uh, you know It's a Wonderful Life every year or something. But or it's a mad 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 world. <laughs> Which I don't watch. You're thinking of someone else that loves that movie. Oh, yeah. I thought that was you that fell out of your chair when you saw. I that. did. I did as a kid. Oh, oh okay. but I was. But I was a little kid when I saw it. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I. I think I could stay in my chair for most of it now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's good. How can you possibly be so slow? I've had just about enough out of you. If you'd have been quicker turning around, we could have caught him. Oh, no, why don't you shut up? Russell, there! It's Russell and Mr. Hawthorne! Well, stop him, catch him! They won no Oscars, by the way. Did no, I not, know. Got no That's love. That's a yeah. shame. That's a shame. Yeah. So. so, All right, well, so you're not apparently going to watch him, or are you going to watch him? Of course. Yeah, sure. But okay. I, but I won't, be, cool. I won't be drooling at the screen. I'll walk in and out of the room. Did you end up seeing 1917? No, I did not see that movie. That... Uh, as we're recording this, that's expected to win Best Picture. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you you weren't that keen on it. You told me. Well, I it was fine. I um. It was yeah, fine, it was... and the winner for a fine movie <laughs> that is just it was fine, perfectly fine. Nineteen seventeen. It was perfectly fine. Not as good but as nineteen sixteen, but still fine. You know the whole gimmick of him. I don't even know who the director the cinematographer guy was it's gonna win for cinematography because the whole gimmick yeah. with him doing one long uncut take which was actually cut there's a dark scene that ha- anyway um you start to be really aware of that in the movie theater i watched it on the big screen and you get so caught up on how is he going to get around this corner around all these actors without it's it's a it's you get caught up in how he shot the film rather than really kind of the story so I may have to go back and watch it again and just listen to the story now because I was just fascinated with how he shot the film with one take. Yeah. So, I, I, I don't know why. But they, it was fine. It yeah. was okay. I don't know why they chose that particular device. And, of course, it wasn't truly one take because no, I know. they have to I, they, make they, cuts, they, but they're seamless and you can't see them. There's only like one or two cuts. So, <clears throat> But I, I think, for, uh, and I haven't seen the movie, but I, if I was thinking of this as a director... For example, mm-hmm. I I would think the the fog of war that you're in, you put yourself in the in the place of those soldiers in World War One. In this case, uh, you don't have cuts in your experience. It all happens in one long, uh, usually horrifying uh, right. experience. And so I think in that respect, that's kind of a cool way to shoot it because that really immerses yeah. you more in the, yeah. in the in the in the what it would be like. I, think. I like a good war movie, and I just it didn't satisfy me on that end. What you just said, the horror, the horrors of it didn't just didn't stick with me. Um, Platoon and and Saving Private Ryan, those emotions. Did you ever hear the? Uh, did you ever hear the? Killed uh, me. Yeah, they, that was pretty powerful. Did you ever? Yeah. Did you ever see the porn version of Saving Private Ryan? <laughs> No, but I know the title. Go ahead. I highly recommend Shaving Ryan's Privates. If none of you have seen it, it's it's fantastic. Hey, uh, speaking of that, they're they're going to do Undoubtedly tonight. And again, we're speaking, by the time you hear this, folks, it'll be past tense. But almost inevitably, they're going to have to. They do the memorial 
Oh, the in memoriam. And there's usually some wonderful singer singing some weepy song while they put everybody's picture up. I don't know about you, but that just makes me... I'm always surprised. I'm like, I just didn't know he died. (gasps) I forgot she died. And I... And I... It's very... It makes me cry every year. Yeah. 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 I I, I think I'm always uh, amused myself about a guy who's pretty esteemed you know in hollywood and all of that yeah and he dies uh during the oscars so that you know the the upshot is damn it i died right in the middle of it and i'm not going to be in that reel and by the time they run it next year people will oh yeah he died last year who cares (laughs) that would be really bad timing yeah so when you think about it kirk douglas uh did a masterful job of croaking at the right time. Right. It's, it's still fresh enough. He'll he'll probably, because they don't do this necessarily in alphabetical order. They save like the biggest star for last. He'll probably, my my prediction is that he will be the last on the reel tonight. Yeah. And they might even bring, uh, this is also speculative. They might bring Michael Douglas out or something to say something in particular. I am one degree of separation from Kirk Douglas, which I really? don't mind telling Are you, you his son? Uh, no. Is he your mother? Well, he's never acknowledged <laughs> that I'm his son, but that's okay. Uh, he shot a movie here in this uh, town that, I'm, uh, that I grew up in, Bend, Oregon, and there was a big-time movie crew that came here. It was a movie as a Western. And I've, I've, I've alluded to it before. Sally Field, it was her first movie. What and, was it called again? Uh, the, Way West, wagon? the Way West. On the 16th of April, 1843, the sun rose in the east and headed west over Missouri. And the sun did say Today's the day I'm gonna pick up that liberty train And show them the way, the way west To America Paint Your Wagon was Clint Eastwood. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, and that was shot in Oregon, too, but not here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> so uh, th- there was a movie called The Postman, wasn't it, with Kevin mm-hmm. Costner? That mm-hmm. was shot around here as well. It was considered a pretty disastrous movie. Yeah. But The Way West is little remembered by anybody because I don't think it did any box office at all. But it had some big stars in it. Robert Mitchum was in it. Richard Widmark. Robert a woman named Mitchum. Lola I Albright. Remember him? Sally yeah. Field and Kirk Douglas was in this movie. Hitch up those wagons. We still got three hours of daylight, and the Oregon Liberty train keeps moving. And nothing in hell could stop them. And uh, I was—I had just taken a new job as a kid. I'm working at a supermarket, Three Boys Market. And it was it was a job. My dad said, "You, you that three boys is just opening. I want you to get down there and apply for a job." And I, I wouldn't do it for the longest time until he kind of threatened me. And so I went down. I got this job. I'm working as a box. They called them box boys in those days. But basically, you bag people's groceries up and 
And then, uh, you know, in many cases, you would wheel them out to their car for them. You just don't see that anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, so that was my gig. And then otherwise, I would be stocking shelves and doing the other kinds of things you're supposed to do as a jack of all trades at a supermarket. And so they're shooting this movie, The Way West. And one day, somebody uh, says, hey, Kirk Douglas just walked into the three boys market. And I'm going, oh, wow, cool. So I thought, I'm going to go, I got to go over and find him and sort of introduce myself or something. I, I just wanted a moment. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I come around an aisle and here he is striding towards me. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, what am I going to say? And, I, and he, I don't have to say anything. He comes directly up to me and says, hey, kid, where's the buttermilk? I said, "Oh, you sound, you sound like Mister Mister Haney." There was that really how he sounds like Mister Haney. Well, that's his. That's the stereotype of how Kirk Douglas had his voice. His voice often broke a little bit, and so I said, "Yes, in fact, I'll show you where the buttermilk is," and took him directly over there. And he said, "Thanks," and that was my. Brush oh. with greatness with Kirk Douglas. And nothing in hell could stop them. Buttermilk. Yeah, oh. why buttermilk? I mean, maybe it had a he, ben- bender he, the night before or something. Yeah, maybe, because he seems like he would stride towards you and say, Hey, where's the whiskey? <laughs> And that. <laughs> we don't sell we don't sell whiskey here in this store, sir. But buttermilk is buttermilk such an odd, re- in, odd request. Tons of that. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. um and and I thought also that he was rather diminutive. I thought, oh, oh really? Kind of surprising. He was. He's tiny. He was like four foot ten, <laughs> something like that. And you would that's never not, know it. That's not that short. You'd Come never, on. No, it's not. But in the movies, he'll, he looks statuesque and <laughs> well, because towering. they shoot him from down below. You know, they shoot up and they yeah. make you look really tall. Yeah, I, I suppose that's it. But. Uh, Yes. I was a little disturbed about the... Anyway, drink, kids, drink buttermilk if you want to live to be 103. Borden, buttermilk is just what a body needs. Its protein helps restore the energy that summer heat drains away. And it's low in calories, too. That helps you keep cool. And slim, Elsie. Helps me keep summertime slim. Welcome to Buttermilk Falls. So I was a little disturbed by the unsavory rumor about uh, he and Natalie Wood. I don't know if you ever remember this accusation that he assaulted her uh, in a in an unsavory manner and nobody believed her. Is and there whatever. a savory so, manner in which you can assault someone? Well, the rumor's unsavory. Oh. Um, well, yeah, that's a good point. Anyway, so I hope is- that's not true, but I have a feeling it is, and that bugs me because I was... I just I'm tired of my heroes um, finding out that they've been horrible men to yeah. people. I don't well, like finding that out. I, I I don't know the the fact of the matter either, but mm-hmm. I would say that uh, I read a lot of these, and I don't know why I read a lot of these uh, not autobiographies but biographies of yeah, old Hollywood too. guys, Mickey Rooney yeah. story, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob Hope story, um, more recently the Mel Brooks story, which is pretty unsavory. As well, yeah. But, I want to but, borrow that but, book from you too, by the but way. But it it was routine for these guys to philander. That's just yeah, and maybe it still is. But and force uh, I think themselves you, they have on to be young more starlets. Now. 
Yeah, so. they have to be more careful now because these things, Hollywood types and agents and what have you, they they would hide things. They would oh, keep of course, the that was their I mean, job. Yeah, who, you know who knew Rock Hudson was gay? You know until near the end of his life, they yeah. went out of their way. No, we gotta we gotta craft this thing right. so that he looks like exactly what people expect him to be, and mm-hmm. and we're gonna keep these secrets. And so, uh, people, uh, a lot of the especially men, they they ran around on their wives all the time, and the wives usually didn't leave them in the old days. Mm-hmm. Bob Hope was horrible about it. Mickey Rooney, too. Mm. Uh, Mickey Rooney's thing, of course, he wanted to marry everybody that he had an affair with. But uh, I just, and I the, guess that's how it was. And that doesn't excuse it by any means, but it was probably extremely prevalent, and everybody just looked the other way. And, and same with Kirk Douglas. I read one of his books. He wrote about seven or eight of them. And uh, pretty freely talked about how he used to run around on his wife, who nonetheless they had what they call in Hollywood an understanding. This is how, this is how I am, and and it doesn't mean I don't love you, but I got my needs, blah blah blah, you know all that stuff. So mm. those those were the old days of Hollywood, I guess. Mm. Uh, now I I don't know, I, I don't know what goes on. Nobody tells me anything. <laughs> I'm reading a really good biography right now uh, about Robin Williams, and it's called Simply Robin. Yeah, I, I read really, that. You did read it? Yeah. Oh, gosh, it's, it's out, really... It's been out for about three or four years. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I just haven't gotten around to it, and, I, I, and I, it's, I'm about halfway through. It is really fascinating, really fascinating. So that's kind of... Uh, uh, my, I, 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 I like the older, I know you like to read biographies about the older Hollywood, but I, I, I don't really care where, where, what era they're from. I just, if they're interesting, I want to learn more about yeah, them. But I also don't want to read stuff. That's why I tend to steer away from autobiographies because no matter how no, I don't, candid yeah, a person no, yeah. thinks they're going to be, exactly. they're going to whitewash a lot. Do of you their... ever wa- read biographies about women or yeah. is it always men? Yeah, who, who who have you read about? I um I've not read it yet, but I picked up the Demi Moore has got a book out, and again it's an autobiography. So I thought mm-hmm. the Sally Field book that you gave yeah. me was great. And, yeah, that was uh, good. Was if you ever get a chance to read the biography, I, there's probably several of them. I'll have to go look on my bookshelf. Maybe I'll send that to you about Elizabeth Taylor. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that it's, would fill several volumes. It is it? astonishing. I it was so good. I read it a couple of times. I've read it a couple of times, and I've kept it on my bookshelf. And uh, I'll probably read it again. She was pretty amazing. Yeah. Here are the nominees. Let me see. For the motion picture drama. What? I don't open this? I just read it from up there. I know it is. I usually like to get them. What? Hello. We, we don't want, we don't no, want to re- I, I read lose it from the here. suspense. What we is must this read the for? nominees first. What's oh, I see. Elizabeth. Billy Elliot. Aaron Brokovich. 
Sunshine, traffic, Wonder Boys, and the winner is a flashing envelope. amazing lives these people have but yeah but and I, not it, necessarily happy and not necessarily fulfilled and and you know it, it, there's so much pain most of the time you never read a biography about these people and they go yeah everything was really cool i had fame and a ton of money and love yeah there you go no it, these pages are filled with with pain and bad decisions yeah. and, and if they're not then we don't want to read about them we don't want to read a story about Somebody that had a perfect life and a happy marriage and never had any encounters with sadness or madness mm-hmm. or, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, never any fights or, uh, yeah. the, the Mel Brooks story I'm reading is, is kind of interesting because, um, and, and in some ways I wonder if it is a bit of a, a bit harsh, but, uh, he, I want to read it. He I again is a that. guy that, that seemed to, and you can't argue with the success of his career, but he seemed to be a guy that also uh, took credit for things. It didn't share oh, credit. Really? With a lot of oh, really? Oh, that's disappointing. I know Why the, are people like that. Well, the reason we're is like it, that is <laughs> it's such a, a horrible insecurity. To ah, uh, really. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, well, I think it is insecurity. It's always about money. There's a sure. terrific oh, yeah, section in true. the book about a, a reporter, news writer for the Seattle Post-Intelligencer at the time, a guy named Bill Arnold, who mm-hmm. wrote a book about an actress named Frances Farmer. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Clint later... Eastwood's a, isn't that Clint Eastwood's ex-girlfriend? No, I don't think oh, so. Oh, I'm thinking of a different Francis. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. That's a little earlier than that. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. She, but her story became a movie called Francis, I believe. Oh, and, yes. And and she, um, jumping ahead, Mel Brooks was the producer of the movie. His imprimatur is on it. But uh, he first got interested in the story by meeting with this fellow, Bill Arnold, uh, who's a local guy. I don't think he's still writing anymore. I don't even know where he is, but uh, Arnold had wrote, written this biography about Frances Farmer, who's not was not only an actress, but she uh, had some uh, mental issues as well. Too. I think she was uh, schizophrenic, and so so it's a it's a story about a, a, a successful Hollywood actress who was dealing with a lot of other issues. It's quite a story, made for a great movie. So Brooks meets with this guy, Bill Arnold, because he's interested in the story and. And Arnold describes their first meeting as just wonderfully amiable. It's terrific. Uh, Brooks couldn't be more charming. But then in subsequent meetings, he is uh, he's just like a totally different person. He's angry. He's uh, accusatory. He's, he's uh, saying, you know, this is, uh, I'm going to make this movie and I don't need you to be a part of it. And, and he just couldn't believe the difference between these two Mel Brooks um, and the, and this biography is kind of rife with stories like that. A guy that died recently at the age of 89, Buck Henry, created the spy spoof 
Get Smart with Mel Brooks. Do you want me to leave the room? That won't be necessary, Hodgkins. We can talk under the cone of silence. The cone of silence? Well, this is a magenta alert, isn't it? The cone of silence. I am deeply concerned about the conference room. What? But he uh, he really had much more to do with it than Mel Brooks, who really just put his name on it, according to the book, anyway. Uh, and uh, and Henry, uh, you know, they they would deal with things like whose name should get first credit, and 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 Mel Brooks. They would negotiate like created by Mel Brooks. You know, and then smaller with Buck Henry, or they, they'd argue. You know, there'd be a, and Henry was pretty laid back sort of guy. Didn't want to be contentious the way that Brooks was, and so Brooks would usually win these fights because he would, he just insisted on certain kinds of things. He was not a lot of fun to work with as a director, they say, and and so on. So, at any rate, sometimes we just really we don't want to know about these things. We just want to enjoy people's work without knowing too much about it I yeah guess. yeah i suppose that's true oh and by the way uh, buck henry wrote the uh, screenplay for the graduate mm-hmm. which at the time was the third most popular movie of all time mm. uh, he wrote the whole thing including the scene where benjamin played by dustin hoffman is corralled by a guy at his graduation party i just want to say one word to you just one word yes sir are you listening? Yes, I am. Plastics. Exactly. How do you mean? There's a great future in plastics. Think about it. Will you think about it? Yes, I will. I've said. Frances Fisher. I got her mixed up. Frances Fisher was Clint Eastwood's uh, girlfriend, and they have a daughter. So Frances well, Fisher, Frances Farmer. Did I ever tell you about my uh, my granddaughter Cassidy and, and who loves hamburgers? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's how I was as a kid. My parents would take me to the nicest places sometimes, and you could have seafood, you could have pasta, you could have anything. But I always ordered the same thing, even in a Mexican restaurant mm-hmm. or a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> a hamburger. I wanted a hamburger every time. My parents say, "Come on, try something different." I just want a hamburger. <laughs> okay, fine. Just get your stupid hamburger. There's nothing in the world that can compare with a hamburger, juicy and rare. A hamburger lives for the pleasure it gives. It's a thrill on the bill of fare. Such heavenly food deserves the best. A home and contentment beneath my vest. There's nothing in the world that's so divine as a hamburger, tender and fine. I adore you, hamburger mine. Ooh! Ha! hamburgers again, huh? Cassidy hates cheese and I, what kid doesn't like cheese if they're not uh, otherwise lactose intolerant yeah that's uh, very she, odd she just doesn't care for it never has huh and so when you take her to a restaurant not even like macaroni and cheese like fake mac like fake you're right cheese? about that i think she does like mac and cheese kind okay, of thing well but that's but not like give... that's not like real cheese that's like powdered orange yeah Trump yeah, as long as long as it's artificial and, and made of chemicals, then <laughs> and I think it has she'll sugar eat it. in it. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but if does. you uh, if you bring her to a restaurant, they'll say, "And what would you like, young lady?" And she'll go, "I'd like a cheeseburger, please, but hold the cheese." <laughs> with a no cheeseburger cheese. with no cheese. <laughs> cheeseburger. And how old is she? Uh, she's like nine. Okay, that's so cute. <laughs> yeah. And then she's got a uh, cousin who's also nine, another girl that we hadn't seen in a long time. They came all came for Christmas. The other girl kind of laughed when Cassidy ordered her cheeseburger with no cheese, <laughs> with a little bit of an air of, of a superiority about it. Oh, boy, well, that's pretty stupid. <laughs> and, and then in that same sit- sitting, the other girl, her name is Sade, she orders... A quesadilla. But she wants a quesadilla with cheese, mind you. <laughs> That's right, I want the whole enchilada. My only addiction has to do with a flour tortilla. I need a quesadilla. I love to stuff my face with tacos al carbone. Hey, uh, I got a couple of things I, I was going to ask you about. Uh, do they still have farmersonly.com? Because they used to be all over TV, and I don't see them anymore. Oh, yeah. Is it still a, is it still a thing? Oh, yeah. There's... There's so many niche dating sites out there that you you can, if you only want to date people who have one blue eye and one brown eye, there's a dating yeah. site for that. Oh, um, good. Let me write that down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I just don't see them advertising anymore. And I thought, why did they... Why do they not? Maybe seem they're as super. Maybe they're so successful they don't have to advertise anymore. There's a lot Thank of farmers be. around. There's a lot of far, lot of lonely farmers out there. Yeah, I just thought it was such a interesting website that seemed to parallel the times that we were living in. Yeah, did you go beginning. on the website? I never have. No, but I the the advertising was always quite. Uh, disdainful of anybody that was not a farmer oh <laughs> tell you what you're a lucky girl there's a lot of girls that want to be riding in this car you just won the date lottery uh yeah the coffee this is corinthian leather i have to find myself a country boy on that note i was thinking of a vegan option for dinner and you ought to know this is my first convert enjoy your car Woo-hoo! let's go mudding Everybody has their thing that they like that they're attracted to. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It it, it obviously worked pretty well. Another one I've seen, which is uh, maybe speaks to the kind of TV networks that I watch. This one is called CaliforniaPsychics.com. Have you seen any of their ads? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I can't. If you were to ask me to tell you what one said, I don't remember. I don't know. They, again, well, here's one of their ads. I'm very conflicted and, yeah, skeptical. Talking to a psychic over the phone is a bit impersonal. They can't be for real, can they? We let these skeptics try California psychics, and here's what they had to say. You know, it was probably the best psychic reading I've ever had. Gosh, I got everything I can imagine from my reading. She's telling me all this stuff, and I'm like, how can you possibly know that? Call now to speak to a psychic for a dollar per minute, and if it's not the best psychic reading you've ever experienced, it's free. I wasn't sure about the relationship that I'm in, but... Now I know he's the right one. It was specific to me. I mean, she picked up on so many things that there's no way she could have picked up on. I've always had a passion for fitness, and she saw me owning my own yoga studio. Speak to a psychic for a dollar per minute. 
Readings are secure and confidential. If it's not the best psychic reading you've ever experienced, it's free. She had names. She had so much detail. She really just reassured me that I'm on the right path. I've never had a phone call make me so excited for the future. California Psychics, the best or it's free. Call today. For the most part, everybody you hear and see in these ads is attractive. And if anybody can be said to look intelligent and normal, mm -hmm. it's these people. Mm -hmm. Talking about uh, uh, an area that I, let's just say I'm highly dubious of. <laughs> uh, like I am astrology and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but they, you know, they swear up and, no, this, I know, I, I didn't believe it either. But <laughs> how this woman could possibly know the things about me that it's just uncanny it was mm -hmm. just real it just mm -hmm. changed my life mm -hmm. and blah 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 yeah, so. but you know what it brings I, I agree with you I think it's a bunch of hooey but I also think religion is a bunch of hooey but I'll tell you this if it brings people comfort to believe this stuff mm -hmm. I, I just feel like Ah, but I do hate that they spend a lot of money. Like, I do hate that the churches take a lot of money from people in the name of God. And I, I hate that people throw, I mean, people spend a lot of money on these phone psychics. Like, they, because they charge yeah, by the yeah. minute and their whole job is to keep you on the line. And that, you know, that bugs me that people get you know, yeah, get taken yeah. that way. But, but you know what? Some of it brings them comfort. It, it, if it brings them comfort, that's, you know, whatever gets you through your life because it's hard. It's hard being a human being. And yeah, if that's what you want to believe in, go for it. Yeah, I guess, I guess you could make that case. Uh, but I mean, obviously uh, the Elmer, Elmer Gantry type of things where people are just getting hoodwinked. Yeah, I know. Let's face it. I mean, I let's face it. People are and always have been. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a, a good a good con man mm -hmm. is really good. Yep. I mean, absolutely. You can't, uh, they're you know you can put them down, but they there's some magic that happens with a real con artist that people tend. To, have you ever people, been Have you ever been conned out of something? Because oh, they yeah. they say, oh really. Oh, sure. Because they say that even super smart people who are like, oh, I could never get conned. That, that's probably going to happen to everybody at least once in their life. Yeah. I, I've been lucky enough to have an association, uh, even before I was old enough to be a member, of the AARP. And I did a whole bunch of videos, which you can, you can see online. Uh, they, uh, that's that the are old about, people club. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> what what does it stand for? I don't know. Um, aging uh, Americans, retired re re persons. Re yeah, yeah, yeah. ARP. <laughs> uh, but um, they and and fraud is a big is a big one. Yeah, I've done a lot of videos for. Yeah, they and, are very er big every, on that. Mm -hmm. Everything from people calling you up and and wanting to sell you gold mm -hmm. to uh, uh, to uh, all, uh, all kinds of other. Yeah. scams mm -hmm. and and basically the, these videos and their AARP's thrust is that they want to show you the things to watch for right even even when you're watching like uh, uh, home shopping network for example uh, when they're saying things like you know we've got uh, we've got just uh, 19 of these left they're going very fast so they say watch out for fake um, pleas of urgency yeah yeah Ladies and gentlemen, I have to tell you that I have never seen anything that we have ever offered here on the Smart Shopping Network that is getting the response we are getting tonight for the Miracle Shim. Look at that. Isn't that attractive?
And if you have a chair or a table at home that's a little tipsy, and I bet a lot of you do, there is no better product you can find than the Miracle Shim. Now, look at this uh, chair here. A little tipsy, isn't it? You probably have one like it. But you just slip one of these little beauties right under that chair or table leg that's not quite touching the floor as well as the others, and voila, problem is solved. Now, isn't that something you need just about every day? Yeah, I know I do. These are the same shims used in the White House, uh, Buckingham Palace, the Taj Mahal has lots of them, and all of Donald Trump's homes to every single one of them, and he has a lot of them. You know, Princess Diana, it is said, would not sit at a table until it had been specially leveled with miracle shims. She had a guy with her, went with her all the time. He had a bag full of shims. True story. True story. We have got uh, Bernie from Normal, Illinois on the line. How are you, my friend? Hi. I just called to say that I love my miracle shims. Do you now? I just bought three more of them tonight. Whew, three of them. Yeah, and my neighbor's trying to get through to you right now to buy some. Well, he better hurry because I'm told the cedar just sold out. I bought one for my wife. Our anniversary's coming up. Well, your wife has herself one thoughtful husband. Yeah, well, you know, it sure beats buying a new dining room set. Well, thank you, Bernie. And, you know, he raises a very good point, folks. New dining room set? Several hundred dollars. You want to impress your friends? You want to feel real elegance in your life? You want to sit at your table or sit on your chair feeling like Donald Trump? Well, with the Miracle Shim, you can. For only five easy payments of $9.98, as the kids say, that's a no-brainer. But I'm, I'm being told now the Miracle Shims are all sold out. They are all gone. Except, you know, for this one here under the chair. Oh, wait a minute, I just thought of another one we've got right under the table here. We'll sacrifice that, but you better call now before it's gone, too. I uh, told you one time long ago that these girls came to the door one time, and they were from a, uh, they claimed to be from a university in Jerusalem, and they were selling uh, paintings, uh, and, they had, and they had a bunch of paintings. And I they, love this story. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and I so, really wish you still had it. That's the only thing that... Yeah, really you're right. I don't have it anymore. That depresses Gosh, me. But right. yeah, go ahead with the story. Yeah. Well, it's not a, that interesting of a story. Except that in that case, uh, you know, they laid these paintings out on the table. And, you know, this is to pay our way so we can go back to the University of Jerusalem or whatever it was. And and they were really good. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I, at the same time, I was not stupid enough to know what was going on. And I willingly played into the ruse. I mean, I was a willing participant. And and you know the reason why. Mm-hmm. So I could come on the air, on the radio the next day, and tell the story. And I thought, unless I actually buy this painting, yeah. I don't have a story yeah, to tell. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then we would, and then we put pictures of the painting on our yeah. website. It was on pretty the radio horrifying. Website. It was pretty yeah. bad. It wasn't taken for that and much they money. I think it was 40 bucks. And they weren't even students at a university. They prob- I don't know. They probably weren't even, what country did they say they were from? Uh, Israel. They weren't yeah. probably even from Israel. Uh, who knows? I mean, I will never know. And if they I, were from I, Israel, what the heck were they doing in Seattle, Washington? Yeah, well, these these are the things we should ask ourselves. <laughs> know, right? Well, you know so, what? I think we've... Uh, I got one more thing I want to talk about. Oh, so, okay. So you were bringing right. up the whole advertising thing. The the advertising uh, TV commercial that's really driving me bonkers. I, 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 I almost 
scream at the television every time it comes on is the plexiderm commercial where uh, the they have uh, this is a, a product that apparently you put on your face and your bags go away and your oh we have seen that okay yeah. they have yeah, that the that really most, works by the way they have the most unattractive people <laughs> on this commercial which I don't understand why these people who are pretty ugly anyway even care about getting because just because you don't have any bags anymore did not doesn't make you any cuter they're pretty <laughs> ugly. <laughs> Look at the people. Maybe their ads should be, if you're ugly now, wouldn't you like to be less, less ugly? ugly? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, it doesn't make you look pretty. And the and the women look in the mirror like, oh, I, do, I don't even recognize myself. And and <laughs> yeah. I, know, yeah, I know I was pretty skeptical. Um, but, then, but then I yeah. said, holy cow, words you can't say on TV. That woman, oh my gosh, drives me crazy. I'm Neela. I'm 61 years old. I'm a professional personal trainer. It's so important to be in good health and to be fit and take care of yourself. How it makes you feel inside is amazing. And yet, when you look in the mirror, what you see necessarily isn't what you feel inside. Plexiderm, seriously, it fixes all that. It makes you feel as good outside as you do inside. Honest to God, it's amazing. There's nothing there. Like, the bags are gone. It's called Plexiderm. And, um... And do you, you just said you think it really works? Did you buy some, or you? What do you say? I only bought it like seven times, and then I decided, <laughs> okay, this isn't working. It reminds me of a spoof I did once for this very kind of thing. And now, you can change your life with wonderful discoveries. Hello, I'm Marvin Cutler, and welcome to Wonderful Discoveries. <laughs> If you're like most people, you're concerned that dry, wrinkled skin may be making you look older than you really are. Would you believe there's now a medically proven miracle cream that can make you look years younger? If you do, you're a fool. Because that kind of stuff doesn't work and it never has. The fact is, people who spend time and money worrying about their physical appearance are only fooling themselves. Because real satisfaction comes from financial security. And now there's a way to get that kind of financial security for you and your family. And it costs you absolutely nothing. Sound good? You're a fool. And I've gone online to see if it's a scam. And people are like, yeah, it works for like maybe five minutes. And then your bags pop right back out. You have to literally rub it on every 10 minutes or something like that. Well, if you are if you want to look good for a passport photo or sure. you know, a, a driver's license photo... Uh, five minutes is probably all you need. That's true. So, That's true. So they're about to take your photo at Costco. But Wait a man. minute. Hang on a sec. I got to put some of this on first. Man, those people are not very attractive at all. <laughs> I would think okay. they would want to use attractive people in those ads, but they don't. They're just yeah. old, ugly people. Yeah. Well, uh, which I, I've 90, turned into eight, too. I'm not. Ninety-eight percent of the of the world is ugly. Yeah. People. That's why we watch the Oscars and imagine, <laughs> gosh, what if I looked like that? What if that? I was pretty? I want to be pretty. I feel pretty, oh so pretty. I feel pretty and witty and bright. And I pity any girl who isn't me tonight. Here's our closing joke. Sam was not happy about putting his dad in the state nursing home. But it was all he could afford until a lucky investment paid off. The first thing he did with his newfound wealth was to move his dad to the best nursing home available. 
The old man was astounded by the luxury of, of his new surroundings. Wonderful. Yeah, that's cool, yeah. isn't it? On the first Sweet. on the first day, in fact, he was sitting in front of his of the television and he started to list to his right side. And instantly, a nurse ran right over, tactfully straightened him back up. And then over when he was having lunch, he started to lean a little bit to the left, but again, within a few seconds, a nurse was right there pushing him upright again. <laughs> well, that night his son called him and said, Hey, Pop, how you doing? And the dad said, Oh, Sam, it's a wonderful place. I got my own color TV. The food is cooked by a French chef. Uh, the gardens are beautiful. Looks like Versailles. You wouldn't believe the, how nice this place is. Well, gee, Dad, it, it sounds perfect. There's just one problem with the place, son. They, they won't let you fart. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. That was a good one. All right. for listening to Peculiar Podcast. I hate goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. Oh.